This episode is brought to you by North Texas Honda Dealers. North Texas Honda Dealers, they're here to help. He has time, launches it to the end zone. Touchdown, Terrence Williams. Goes to the right side for Crabtree. It's caught. He put oh, he's the one. Pussy up the right sideline. He's got to go. He's tackled. Sam Houston wins it. The Bearcats capture their first FCS championship. Hello and welcome to the Republic of Football. Uh, somber Sunday edition, I guess. The scariest. <laughs> I was gonna say, yeah, it's it's a very somber, uh, very somber edition based on basically almost almost every result this weekend. Um, your host Ishmael Johnson, of course, joined by Carter Yates, Mallory Hardley. Uh, we'll just get right into it because there's no reason to to not. <laughs> Our guys, they're wounded. They're wounded. <laughs> Everybody's wounded. But we'll start off with probably the most um. Uh, gut wrenching one for 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 a fan base. Uh, Oklahoma thirty four, <laughs> Texas thirty. I mean, Carter, you were there on the scene. Look like it started off crazy. The first quarter was like the craziest first quarter we'll probably see in a while. Can I say and... something about that? Yeah, I go just, ahead. Go ahead. I just think it is. Red River is the best. It never fails to deliver, except for last year, because mm-hmm. you get all the best athletes in the Southwest, and they all come together on one football field and collectively lose their marbles. Yeah. Like, actually forget how to do the basic fundamentals every year. Yep. Didn't the first quarter take, like, over an hour? Like, the first, first quarter, quarter was very long. <laughs> it was very It was just long. a bunch of chaos. Uh, yeah, it was, it was insane. Um... I do know, I'm trying to think. Uh, so for for those of you that, for some reason, if you don't know, we'll take you through it anyway. Um, well, there was a sun exposure, so they might have missed it because of that. The that's a good point. Yes. Yeah. So that was like, that, that was like a sucks. nice, a nice, uh, uh, a nice like foreshadowing because yeah, the, the <laughs> sun exposure thing, which is like the satellite was in line with the sun or whatever for Disney. And so they were going to have outages. And of course, everybody was talking about what the hell is happening. Cause someone needs to get in a spaceship and fix that. I mean, it's red river. No excuses. Yeah, like I'm yeah. tired of hearing the excuses. <laughs> well, it doesn't help. The cotton bowl itself is a very old stadium. So the connection just wasn't the yeah. best of the best. <laughs> yeah. And, and it started off crazy. Cause second play of the game, Quinn Ewers throws a pick um on the first drive second play of the game and then oh he goes down and scores and we're like okay i guess we're in for something crazy and then uh i believe who fumbled somebody fumbled on like the next drive or almost fumbled on the next drive it was an almost uh, fumble so it was it was when sark first got deep into his bag of tricks he ran a yes. fake punt the jordan well, but, winning but then jt sanders did fumble later in that it drive. was gunner helm he almost fumbled Yes, Gunnerhelm yes. almost fumbled on a Savion Red Wildcat package, and then Quinny was through a hospital ball to Jatavion J- Sanders, who and he got hit got and it demolished it, yeah. by Billy Bowman, Denton Ryan on Denton Ryan crime. Denton Ryan crime. <laughs> second interception, and then the then Texas gets a punt block in the end zone for a touchdown, and that's all within like the first five minutes of the game. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's insane. Um, so game goes on, obviously. Um, and we can just skip forward ahead to what everybody's kind of talking about now, which is start kind of plays, uh, you know, it's it's tied um late, and Texas has the ball, I believe, with like uh three minutes or so to play, three and a half minutes. Um, and it's very clear that Sark is playing to set up Bird Auburn for a field goal as opposed to really trying to score a touchdown. Um, tied at 27, Bird Auburn, to his credit, hits, what was it, 45 yards, something like that? 47, onion. 47 yards right down the middle, beautiful kick, um, high-pressure environment, especially for a guy who's had some issues this year. Uh, brushed him basically all off in this game. He was fantastic in this game. And then Texas decides to let Dylan Gabriel have every throw he needs to drive down the field and and score um, almost as Rich, time expires. Left hand up, totally underestimated Dylan Gabriel. Like one hundred percent. My bad. He carved Texas up. Mm-hmm. I'll say this. I I also yes, one hundred percent. Hand up. I also think that Texas saw the same thing we did, which is our defense isn't great on the deep ball, so we're gonna give him 
everything underneath mm-hmm. and we're just not going to let him we're, we're going to basically like you know we don't think he can beat us with the deep ball but we're not going to give him that option right and we're going to protect ourselves on the back end and they just gave him everything underneath right every every screen every bubble every inside route every hitch every whatever like he had and then i think the thing they didn't account for was how good they were going to be at running the ball oklahoma ran the ball very well and part of that was dylan gabriel whenever he had to get out of the pocket and you know kind of do things on his own which again something he hasn't done really that much of either um i think yeah they to me they didn't account for that nearly as much as i think they probably should have um because both trenches and you wrote about this a little bit in your three thoughts both trenches got beat just straight up beat Mm -hmm. and that's the biggest let's go back to stark playing for the field goal on the Auburn field goal the trenches is the biggest conversation out of this game is Texas got whipped on both sides of the line because the second down, I wrote about in the piece, the second down RPO play where Quinn Ewers got sacked is what Sark said in the press conference is when they started playing for the field goal because mm-hmm. they were right in that in-between range and it was third down and long. And they were basically like, if we throw it's incomplete, Burt can't even make this field goal. So right. let's just at least play for the field goal. But they were trying to like, ice the game down to where they had the final possession and because that happened it was too much time left for dylan gabriel now another issue with this is texas is snapping the ball constantly with like 28 seconds left on the play clock on running clocks you know so i was seeing something on the inside texas message board it's like if you take that down to 10 seconds every time ou has like 30 seconds left right but instead texas is still like running somewhat tempo at this and Dylan Gabriel's got a minute 30 even with no timeouts it's more than enough time for him right so I yeah it I think Texas uh, you wrote about this too everything still is to play for this does have very it's very reminiscent of when Sam beat Kyler the first time yeah Yeah, and yeah you look at the rest of the big 12 and we'll get into some of the games like I'm not really worried about this team not this game not happening again in AT&T um I think if you're Texas, though, losing Jake Majors is massive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, depending on how long he is out for, because that offensive line, I mean, OU's defensive line was was pretty good with when he was even healthy, but they looked lost without him. Mm-hmm. Um, particularly the one that I really concerned me was DJ Campbell. I thought Campbell was pretty bad in this game. Um, he's one of the, he's one of their he's a insanely talented sophomore um he was probably due for you know a little bit of a hiccup not everybody's kelvin banks who looks flawless from his first snap and can be a first round pick next year um but he looks like some and and again that's that's one of the positions that's next to jake majors right he's somebody who can tell him hey look he's about to stunt he's about to do this he's about to do this it looked like anytime uh i was talking to some some of my buddies and and they were saying like it looked like anytime oh you did any stunt Dylan Campbell was like lost. It was like, I don't know how to pick up this stunt. Anytime they do a stunt, which is like a majority of the game. I mean, those guys stunt like stunt like your daddy. Like they actually yeah. stunt <laughs> all the time. Like that Brent Venables defense um, is going to give you every single look in the book. Yeah. And the problem with DJ Campbell is like, he has moments where he looks like Kelvin Banks, you know, like he's got that talent, but then there's also these moments where he's just totally lost. Um, like you said, the thing that I take away from this Texas game is almost like if Texas needed this, um, and I, it's not loser talk. Okay. It sounds like loser talk, but it's basically like if Texas wins that game with three turnovers, nine penalties, Mm. overall lack of execution, it's almost like they go into this bye week potentially ranked number one in the country. And they're like, no one can even touch us. Right. And then that just leaves them even more vulnerable to like a random Big 12 opponent late in October or early November upsetting them. Uh, So I think this this shows like let this one hurt a bit. Let this one fester. And that means like you guys can be a better team and, you know, you're beatable instead of thinking, you know, your shit doesn't stink. Right. No, I think that the thing for me is you know i thought that sark got a little too cute too quickly um 
you had the Savion Red Wildcat packages randomly in the game. You mentioned the 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 pat the couple of the passes to to gun the first play to Gunner Helm that almost was a fumble and it looked like I don't know I didn't see many basically I I, I saw none of that from Oklahoma right and I thought I would I thought mm. I would be like I I tweeted this it looked like they were calling plays for the for each other's quarterback right where it's like we're just gonna give Dylan Gabriel everything he needs in front of him he's just gonna use what he needs to and and hit Jaleel Farouk was fantastic he's gonna use his, his skill position players things like that and and Sark was like all right we're gonna need to run a wildcat package we're gonna need to do like this end around play action boot to the right and throw back to the left and it's like what is that like I was like do you need to do all of this like I don't know. I, I get that their their trenches were were Oklahoma's trenches were superior, but I also thought that they got out of their game plan way too quickly after that pick. I mm. think at least. I think they were like immediately chasing the game and it was like, all right, we gotta get this drive back. And eventually they did. But and to Quinn's credit, he, Quinn's credit, he did bounce back, you know, from yes. those two interceptions. Like no, hundred percent. I'm not this isn't on Quinn. This is more on like I think Sark was got a little too cute quickly. I think Quinn was Honestly, outside of his two picks, I thought which one of them wasn't his fault. I mean, it's a hospital ball, but still, guy gets hit and a ball pops in the air. It is what mm-hmm. it is. I this game is like a total armchair coach's dream. You oh, know? it is. There's so many moments where you're like, oh, I would have called the blah blah blah. Uh huh. Exactly. And there's like I I write about it in the article, but it's like there's two tides to this Sark coin when he gets real deep in the bag of tw- tricks. I remember I tweeted out to the game like. We're about to find out how deep Sark's bag goes. And then I like uh, after the goal line package where they ran Byron Murphy, Devondre Sweat out there for three straight plays. I was like, we're in too deep. We're in too yeah. deep. Stop. <laughs> like, get back up. That um, that 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 goal line stand's gonna go down in like Oklahoma history. I mean, that's uh-huh. just big boy football right there. And that's just the narrative of the game is like Oklahoma out physical Texas, big boy football ball on the one yard line you bring in your defensive lineman who've been chasing dylan gabriel around all game on up tempo like that's a conversation you can have too to question mm-hmm. that call and they just out muscle texas on the line when they need it most yeah so like for me if you go back and watch that play so let's there's two two things i want to talk about lastly i want to talk about before i move on um if you go back and look at that play because i was very very critical of those uh, d-line packages because one, they're not run blockers, right? They don't know blocking assignments. They're defensive line. It, you can practice that however many times their mind doesn't isn't wired that way. You mentioned it. They're chasing Dylan Gabriel around. They're trying to get downhill 90% of the game, 99% of the game, and you bring them in. They literally go through the same gap in the first play, right? They're just trying to clear space. <laughs> and o- the problem is Oklahoma comes through another gap and then off the edge, and it's like, okay, cool. That that one gap's maybe taken care of, but he's not going to get to that gap. And they pull him back, basically, is what ends up happening. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the other the the other play, the toss, I think it was the toss. It's like a short toss. And again, similarly, I think it was I think it might have been Sweat. I couldn't remember. Um, who was it? Sweat and who? Byron Murphy. It was Murphy. It was Murphy. Um, it's a quick toss. And again, you're looking at Murphy, who probably should get to the outside if he's a fullback, right? Get to the outside, kind of seal the edge. It's a toss play, but he stays inside and he just goes at the first guy he sees. And it's like that he's, and so I think it was a, if I think it was Brooks who cuts inside and like tries to get, you know, cause the outside's kind of taken. So he's, there's no real move to move. And it's like, I, you know, it's like, again, it's like, he's not a blocker. So it's like, mm-hmm. unless, you, unless everybody does their assignment perfectly and he's literally just clearing the A gap, like there's nothing, you know, it's hard for him to ask and uh, do anything differently. Um, but let's be very clear. If that play works, we're not talking about it at all. Oh, no, 100%. Yeah. Look, David Shaw ran that at Stanford so many years, right? Just put mm-hmm. all the big boys in and just clear clear the A gap and whatever, right? We're just going to get two yards, right? We're just going to put every 300 pounder. It works, but I, it, it, if it doesn't, yeah, you're questioning, hey, defensive linemen don't know how to block. Um, yeah. If it doesn't, we got something to talk about. We do. And uh, the last thing I do, I do actually, I'll, I'll end this by giving Sark some slack here on how he handled the last drive is because Bert Auburn hits the field goal. So sure. Long field goal get, uh, gets in there. You do hire Pete Kwiatkowski for a reason, mm-hmm. right? 
You hire one of the best. He was one of his first hires when he got the Texas job. He, you, he's one of the best defensive coordinators in the country. He did that at Washington. He got them to a playoff, basically, right? Um, they got blown out, but he got them there. There's a reason why Chris Peterson made sure to hold on to him with his dear life when he got the Washington job. You hire that guy for a reason, and if you tell him they have no timeouts, it's a minute and a half, we don't know if their field, their kicker can get a 45-yard field goal, so just keep them out of the red zone, <laughs> you know? I don't – I personally don't, but that's where I kind of give Sark some credit or some slack is saying, yeah, I thought my awesome defensive coordinator would be able to stop him for a minute and a half with no timeouts, and they didn't, so – I totally agree. Yeah, I totally agree. Nothing even to add there. It's really disappointing that you have miscommunications down just the whole, like, the whole drive. It's just, like, guys wide open, miscommunication on the last touchdown. It just looked easy. And Dylan Gabriel looked surgical all day, honestly. He really did. So, yeah, credit to him. Credit to Oklahoma. I mean, they they do look – that was one thing I took away, too, is, like, I didn't think Brent Venables would have them looking like this in year two. (laughs) Uh, particularly defensively. I, I I knew their defense was good, but their defensive front was stellar, which of course, which is what he did at Clemson. And yeah, it's just, it was a great game regardless, but definitely a bittersweet pill. All right, let's move on to the next funeral. <laughs> next one, Alabama 26, Oak, uh, Texas A&M 20. Um, this one, this one, I don't want to say hurts more, than Texas fans feel because obviously losing Oklahoma is a different a different beast, but I think Aggie fans feel like this was the one. Yeah, mm-hmm. I agree. And for those of you that didn't see, they're like they really did play pr- defensively pretty okay, except for the what six sacks. Like they had yes. six stacks against Alabama. I know uh-huh. this is not the vaulted Alabama offensive line, but like, oh, yeah. DJ Durkin's boys up front are wrecking right now. Yeah, six sacks. And the one, literally this came down to, we were asking if Jalen Milrow can make a couple plays downfield, and he literally made like a couple plays downfield. Yeah. <laughs> like the one throw, uh, I believe on their second touchdown, where it's like three guys in his face and he just lofts it to like the back of the corner of the end zone. And it was like perfectly on the dime in like good coverage too. And I was like, oh my God. What's happening? I think it was to to um uh who had a great game? Burton, uh, Burton probably. Yeah. I mean Burton yeah. like t- torched them. I think he just scored on them just now. Actually, yeah, J- Jermaine Burton had about two hundred yards, almost two hundred yards receiving. Yeah, something like that. Um, yeah, yeah, he the 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 second touchdown for Alabama was like, and M fans are like just like a half second, and he sacked. Um, but yeah, like it it looked like one. It looks like Alabama found their receiver, <laughs> which is kind of scary to think about. Um. Because when Jermaine Burton got the ball, on I think on his second touchdown, he like just split through the defense and like broke a couple tackles, and it was like, oh man, what's happening here? Um, yeah, I don't know. I thought Max Johnson was actually pretty good in this game, which disappoint, which is disappointing for what he for what he does. Right, he's not going to go out there and light up the field, but he didn't make he made one mistake. But I don't know. I thought he was fine. Um, I think the defense broke at the wrong times, in my opinion, for AM. Yeah, the the issue is when Texas A&M doesn't get to the quarterback, like the defensive secondary is kind of porous. Yeah. And you saw like, you know, why did I just blink on the Alabama quarterback's name? Jalen Milrow. Um, You saw Jalen Milrow, like like you said, when he got time to throw, he was kind of diming down the field, which also side note on Jalen Milrow. I know he's getting a lot of flack this year. If this guy showed up in 2015, everyone would have loved this guy. But because they were like spoiled with four straight NFL quarterbacks, like they're like, this guy can't get it done. But that's a whole nother conversation. All right. Um, this, one, this one, this one felt like for AM, like they needed this because Texas beat Alabama. They go in and beat Alabama. They now take number one spot in the Texas Power Pole. And for Texas fans, that was nightmare scenario of like yeah. your Alabama win is dampened by a Texan AM victory. And let me go Trent Dilfer here. <laughs> Cannot play to lose against Alabama and still win. Jimbo yep. Fisher punts three times in Alabama territory. Mm-hmm. 
kicks a field goal on fourth and five down seven points. Mike Craven lays it all out in his game recap. Come on, Jimbo. Like, we got to go for it here. This is for the SEC West right now. This is for the driver's seat. Yeah, this was um, that. I mean, that's the thing that everybody's going to talk about is I believe it was tied late and he decides to punt. Um, Look, inexplicably, right? Like, I think after the game, he said it was a weird quote. Uh, Texax posted the quote. It was weird. He talked about like the difference if it was it was fourth and one. But if it was fourth and less than one, he would have went for it or something. Yeah. It was something. Offense like, let him down. Offense let him down. They didn't get right. Right. Yeah. Offense guard. didn't get that half. Yep. <laughs> um, let me. See. I do want to get it because it's like a, it's a really bad, like really bad quote where you're just like, what are you talking about? Like, it, again, the difference in those situations, there is no difference. Right here it is. Jimbo Fisher putting on fourth and one at AM at the AM 45. Score was 17 to 17. Uh, we had it in the, uh, let's see, they had it in the third, let's see, third and two, but then it was fourth and one. Fisher said, had, uh, if Anim had fourth and less than a yard, he probably would have gone for it. But what? what are you, what are you talking about? You literally just got a yard. The play, it was third and two and now it's fourth and one. You can get a one. Like you just got a one the, the play before. Like, I don't, it's, and again, that- Craven talked about this in in his in his narrative piece heading in. They had he had a chance to shut people up about the buyout, shut people up about Bobby Petrino, about the quarterback, about all these five stars that he can't get to play ball, and then with one decision and one quote, it's all back. Because it's like, what are you getting paid this money for if you're going? Actually, we needed 0.5 more yards, and we would have probably gone for it against Alabama at home. I just don't understand why where this conservative approach comes from because you're on a backup quarterback right playing an alabama team that's vulnerable you're in a position to get first place in the sec west Mm -hmm. you've got an insane buyout dude they're not gonna fire you for like going to play to win against alabama like you're he's coaching like he's the two-time defending national champion trying to escape the like escape a home field against alabama it it makes no sense and let 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 it be known that he almost uh, he because it was fourth and five. I think they were going for a field goal. They almost lost this by more because they they had the field goal blocked, returned for a touchdown. I think it was called back for something. But and then uh, what was it? Eventually, I think he almost got. Uh, did Max Johnson have the? He had the safety right later in the game. Yep. Yeah. So he had the so like again you you're you should be looking for like any little glimpse of like an upside. Right. Um, So I don't know. I don't know. People can look at, people can look at the offense saying they didn't get enough done. We knew Alabama's defense was, despite this being a quote unquote down year, we knew the defense was going to be a strength was, was still a strength for them. Um, You knew Max Johnson wasn't going to go out there and throw for 300 yards anyway. So who that didn't bother me. And Again, the one thing we we were unsure about with Jalen Miller was that could he throw deep? And he threw deep a couple times, and that was enough. So, yeah. Uh, frustrating for AM. I don't know who they have next, but all of a sudden they're on the back heel of the SEC West. They have Tennessee. Well, that's the thing, too. Like, this kind of oh, felt yeah. like the year if they were going to take over the SEC West and play in an SEC championship, it was probably going to be this year because everybody yeah. else in the West is kind of, I don't want to say down, but just a little bit easier like LSU almost lost to an okay Missouri team yesterday sure. you know Auburn's a little bit down like it just seemed like this was going to be the year that they could take over the SEC West and now it's just kind of a toss-up so and probably we'll gonna be Alabama the... yeah right I was about to say it's just probably gonna be Alabama again we'll talk about this in the midweek this is a scary scary slippery slope for Al uh, for Anim now mm-hmm. you're at Tennessee at Knoxville which again Joe Milton and his howitzer of an arm has looked whatever, but he still can do something. Then you get South Carolina, who sneaky, sneaky, right? right? They're not great. I know they lost to, they, I think their only wins against in conferences against uh, Mississippi State, but still. Former sneaky. five star Spencer Rattler. Former five star Spencer Rattler, who we know they can, you know, we'll see if, if, uh, if Shane Beamer decides to jump up, hop about the bed and turn the swag on again. Right. Uh, <laughs> 
Still my favorite uh, video to this day. <laughs> oh, it's great. It's excellent. Um, but then you also go to Oxford after that week. Yeah. And you play Ole Miss. This is a slippery slope, potentially, right? This is you, they have to be able to come out of this three and oh, and they can very well go oh and three, right? Mm-hmm. We'll see. I picked them to go. I think, I mean, I still I think they go two and one at the very worst because Tennessee's gonna be tough, but we'll see. It's this was I don't know. I'm not saying they had to win this game, but all of a sudden they're in, they're on the back slope in terms of like potential. It felt like it could be a turning point in a in yeah. a bad way. Hundred percent. Now you're kind of looking at things pessimistically again. So we'll see. We'll see. Um, all right, let's get to the one, the probably the most unwatchable <laughs> game of the week, honestly. Uh, the butt bowl. The butt bowl. And <laughs> Texas Tech didn't live up to it. Thirty. Oh God, it did. Texas Tech thirty nine. Baylor 14. Um, <laughs> look, we knew something had to give. Either Joey McGuire's Red Raiders had to win on the road or uh, Baylor is who we thought they were. Um, or no, or Baylor had to be that second half team that we saw. Yeah. It, it turns out the, the stoppable Baylor force. Is, I was about to say, and it turns out Baylor is super not that second half team. <laughs> that we saw last, week. last week was an enigma. Like, last week I don't know what happened last week. I think we'll ever see. Um, <laughs> To to our credit, it does look like UCF might not be that good this year. Uh, yeah. I believe they lost to who they lose to yesterday. They're they, they lost they, to a power five 50, team yesterday, fifty-one to twenty-two to Kansas. Kansas, yeah. So they're on the back of they're three and three right now. Um, let me see, they lost to Kansas. They're zero and three right now in conference. So again, that blowout loss might have said some more things about UCF going forward. Um, they got Oklahoma next week, so they're probably not going to be. They're probably going to be zero four. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. um, yeah. I, as I was watching this game, and as I was keeping track of that Kansas score, I was like, "Is UCF just like sneaky bad this year?" <laughs> like, I, I, which, I don't know. This game was very unwatchable for a long time, and then Tech just blew the doors open late. Um, I believe it was like fourteen, fourteen, or no, it was fourteen, like three. I think for a, for a while, and then just Tech just decided to. But they give they gave the ball to Taj Brooks, and then Taj Brooks just like nuked Waco, basically. Yeah, uh, Baylor needs to punt those yellow uniforms into the sun. They oh, were so serious. bad. They also <laughs> lost to Texas State opening week in the yellow tops. It, it's just <laughs> something's got to give. Like honestly, you want to talk you want to talk about a win that's souring on Texas State fans right now? It's that Baylor <laughs> yeah. win. They're like, it's like, dang, we're actually not. We might not actually be that hot. <laughs> <laughs> it was the uniforms man <laughs> yeah yeah and uh, the, the, i got i got like a the procedural thing for this podcast i didn't know the wide zone was named after the baylor rushing attack but we might need to change it yeah now. we're we're gonna need to change it because, because it's, uh, yeah that's they, on the, the producing had, slate this week they had 17 rushing yards for on 30 attempts and part of that is because Blake Shapin put 45 yards of sack yardage. Yeah. Um, because the Baylor offensive line is horrible. It's, it's really bad. I had some uh I had some Baylor fans messaging me asking, like, one, obvi- obviously the obvious question is what happened to Jeff Grimes? Because like this offense just does not mm-hmm. look anything like we saw. Um, but somebody was also asking, what happened to Eric Mateos, the offensive line coach? Like they came as a package deal from BYU, right? They, like he coached those BYU offensive lines at Zach Wilson that helped Zach Wilson kind of take off. And that first year, Baylor, you're like, oh man, this this unit is excellent. They move, they literally, again, they're able to run the ball so easily. They're able to roll things out of the pocket to where they need to and move defensive lines. And they were just so dominant. Last year, okay, they lost some guys. We'll, we'll see. They bring in the Barringtons from BYU. Okay, cool. They're going to get physical again. And then it's just not there. Like the development's not there. The run fit, like the run scheme's not there. It's bad all around. And I thought having Blake Shapen back would help. Not really. Like he, part of it is that I, well, I don't even know. Part, I can't even say part of it is that the weapons, because Monterey Baldwin's starting to come into his own. So it's like Monterey Mm -hmm. Baldwin looks like a weapon. And, but it, it just goes back to that offensive line. They can't get a push. Um, how much did let me see? Don, Dominic Richardson nine carries, twenty one yards. Richard Reese four carries, four yards. Like they they tried everybody and it didn't work. Um, 
And then you look at Tech's offensive line, all of a sudden they're able to run block. Taj Brooks has over 170 yards on three car- 30 carries. And it looked like the team – go ahead. Yeah. Which But which is that ish? Is that Texas's Tech's offensive line has figured it out or Baylor's defensive line is that bad? I think Tech's offensive line's better because Taj Brooks is actually having a pretty good year. Okay. So I think I think Taj Brooks is actually one. I don't know why I took Tyler Shuck getting hurt to, to give the ball to Taj Brooks because now he's on like three straight games of 100 yards rushing. Um, but I do think it's one them having one of the better running backs in the Big 12 this year. Um, but also, yeah, no, I think Baylor's defensive line is also bad. Um, and so I think it was like one of those perfect scenarios where they're able to get a forward push on basically every run play they called. So again, this game, I think. This game was 14 to three for what seemed like 10 hours. Um, it wasn't 10 hours. It was like middle of the third when it kind of blew open, but it felt low, felt like that. And then Tech decided just to throw to Baylor Cup, uh, which is the only guy. I think I think Tech, it was a good tweet. Uh, Tech's football account said the only Baylor touchdowns we like to see. And it was like mm. two touchdown highlights <laughs> to Baylor Cup. <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> um, which again, it, it's another thing that's like the running game with Tosh Brooks was one thing that I was wondering about. But also, Baylor Cup's a former five-star tight end. Where's tight he been? End, yeah. <laughs> Where's he been? Like, genuinely, he was the number one rated tight end out of that class when he committed at a and And they just decided, oh, yeah, no one can cover that guy. And they just threw two balls to him, <laughs> jump balls, and he just, he's 6'7". Like, I don't, I don't know. New um, character unlocked. Yeah, he's literally, like, new, like, his, <laughs> it's like a Super Smash Bros. graphic of, like, new <laughs> And it's like, oh, my God, this 6'7 behemoth that nobody can cover. Um <laughs> But no, he had a, a, great to see him. Literally, had two catches and two touchdowns, and it was like, okay, yeah, that's what you, that's what he's there for. <laughs> Can I also say Dave Aranda is the king of sad field goals because oh he did it versus Texas. Forgot about the kicks, sad field goal. He kicks <sighs> a field goal down thirty-two eleven with six forty-five left. Like, dude, what are we doing? Who is that for? <laughs> Who is that for? Like. Like By the way, I should also mention, I should also mention that was fourth and goal. <laughs> they were back. They were like, I think they got pushed back so far. Like, I think it was from like the 15, but that was third and that was fourth and goal that they kicked that sad field goal <laughs> on, which is even more depressing that you, that one, I remember, I remember that field goal and it did not look like a fourth and goal. Like it looked like a fourth and 10, fourth and eight. <laughs> That's how far back they were. Tell me you don't um, trust your offense without telling me you don't trust your offense. <laughs> right. Oh, oh, it was bad. It's it like Jimbo bad. Fisher playing not to lose up yeah. against Alabama. Dave Aranda playing not to go down by four possessions. Like down uh, yeah. late in the fourth so, quarter. So now we can just officially, officially just scratch Baylor off as like that. It's not happening this year. Um, whatever turnaround we were hoping to happen is not happening. They got Cincinnati, who hasn't looked great. Um, they got Iowa State, but I'm still like, I don't, I can't pencil them in to win those games right now. I also think Baylor, if we're gonna scratch them off, at least Baylor nuked UCF too and took them down with them because that's not coming back from that. UCF's broken in the hole with us. You're getting in, you're come on down here. That Gus Malzahn extension was announced at the right time because they blew that lead and then they just lost another oh, yeah. game. So. I forgot that happened this week. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so yeah, Mode that is confidence. A, they're they're about to go zero and four to start conference. Um, but yeah, it's just it's not good for it's it's looking like really really sad dim times in Baylor. Uh, Tech has Kansas State coming up at home, and they go to Provo, which is going to be an interesting one. Uh, the week after, so. Yeah, we'll see. All right. Let's uh God, I can't even call it the wide zone, but listen, I'm just gonna no, I'm not even gonna call it that. Power we're gonna pole. go to the power pole, reverse <laughs> power pole. <laughs> and we're gonna get through these other results real quick. Um, let's see. Let me bring it up. I actually don't have the power pole up right now. Uh thank you, tips at the bottom. Yep, poor little UTEP. Uh they had a bye though, so they didn't they lose. So one team one that did not in the bye week. One and oh in the bye week. Uh, uh, one team that did not have a bye week was uh Sam Houston. Um, <laughs> Liberty 21, Sam Houston 16. So, so close. <laughs> so close. Oh my god. Did you, so, did you, did you guys watch this game on Thursday? I couldn't. I was that we were at a high school game. Oh, that's right. That's right. You guys are. Oh my god. 
so we were all like worried, like, oh god, Caden Salter's just gonna destroy. This yeah, we team. we said that on right. the Wednesday podcast. We were like, they're he's just gonna destroy him. Like, it's gonna be a highlight <laughs> tape. It's in Liberty. It's at Liberty. They're scoring and, forty plus, <laughs> and he was like. And they did pretty okay. Like, again, this defense is genuinely really good. Mm-hmm. And it was a couple of uh, 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 superhuman plays from from uh, Caden Salter on the ground. That was the first rushing touchdown. And then um, I forgot what the second one came from. I think it was a deep ball uh, or a deep ball that set up kind of like blown coverage. It looked like outside of that, it was actually a pretty back and forth game. Keegan Shoemaker played fantastic by what we've seen this year. I believe he had 220, 250 yards on 27 completions. And it was it looked like they were starting to really find themselves. The running game just still kind of stinks. Uh, I think that that is just an offensive line issue. Keegan Shoemaker was their best rusher on 52 yards. But, yeah. And then they had fourth and goal to win the game. And they threw a fade. Oh. And... Uh, it's like you're at Liberty, have a chance to knock off an unbeaten team, get your first win, and you just don't – I mean, you basically don't give Keegan Shoemaker – That's what, to me, that's my problem with fades. Unless you have Randy Moss or yeah. a, a top-tier wide receiver, you're taking you're essentially taking the ball out of your quarterback's hands because mm-hmm. they can't control a fade. They can just throw it up, right? That's yeah. not a quarterback making a play. It's a wide, It's asking a wide receiver to make a play. But in this situation, Keegan Shoemaker had his best game of the year. Give him a chance. Have a you know, give him a route, roll him out, do something like, and yeah, and that's how they lose. So so close. The Sam Houston story <laughs> of the twenty twenty three season. Seriously, like yeah. I mean, hopefully it does get better though. I mean, they've got New Mexico State coming next, FIU, and then UTEP. So hopefully they can uh, they can get their first win in the next couple weeks or so. Yeah. Because those are more, I feel like those are more like to their caliber. Because those first two games, like, I mean, yeah, they're all in the same conference, but I just feel sure. like Jackson State and then Liberty, kind of a was, step above them. Was Liberty a state? Was that a statement loss though? Like we can hang. I mean, <laughs> so like, look, they have New Mexico State, FIU, and UTEP coming up, and, and then Kennesaw State, who's another jump, uh, another, yeah, uh, jump up. So sorry, UTEP, those are all winnable games. Right, like those are all very winnable mm-hmm. games. If you're if you're Sam Houston, um, I don't. I mean, it's hard to say that they obviously a bowl seems out of reach because one, mm-hmm. two, three, four, five, six. So they have to win six out of their next seven, um, and then one of those is Western Kentucky, and then a La Tech team who again looks looks okay right now in conference. So I, they're probably not going bowling, but like they can squeak out four. I think because like Middle Tennessee to end the year. Can, like I said, I think there's four wins potentially, but it's going to mm-hmm. have to be, they're going to have to get their act together, really. So, uh, by the way, La Tech just lost by seven to Western Kentucky. So they actually might be pretty good in conference. So we'll see. All right. Let's move on to North Texas. Uh, what was the final score? I know they lost. Uh, 27 24. 24. Yeah. Um, I stopped watching this one when I saw Chandler Rogers had like a 75 yard touchdown run. And I was like, cool, they're going to win this game. And that's, <laughs> that's done. And then, <laughs> no, they didn't. Um, I feel like that was the only bright spot of this entire game was Chandler Rogers. Yeah. I, there was not another bright spot at, they, in this game at all. Yeah, that was um, AO Day. He had a really good game, I will say. I think, I will say, I think that one run from Chandler Rogers kind of masked that the fact that they really couldn't protect him that much. Because he finished with- Got sacked eight 30- times. He finished with 33 yards and he had a 75 yard touchdown run. Oh my God. Eight times. He got sacked eight yeah. times. Like That's what happens when you get in the trenches with the troops. <laughs> Dude, Annapolis. Nobody comes out of Annapolis in one piece, man. Um, this game was also like three nothing for like yeah. six hours. <laughs> like UNT had like a three nothing lead before the, um, I don't know. It felt, it felt, it, it felt unwatchable for a while. Um, and yeah, unfortunately for UNT, Navy had like a couple passes that went for some tuck for what went for some yards. Like, what did they finish with passing? I didn't even see. Uh, I know they allowed over 330 rushing yards. They finished, they finished 75 yard passing, which again, on four passes, 
it's pretty good for Navy. And then, yeah. yeah, then, of course, obviously, they did what they did, which is their kind of revamped triple option. Triple option. They just ran for, like, over 300 yards rushing. So, yeah. Um, Here's the thing, too. Like, with this good. offensive line, like, I know, they've looked pretty good this year, and they're an experienced offensive line. So the fact that they allowed eight sacks yep. is really concerning to me because this is a veteran group. Like, this was a uh, – say what you want about them but i think that this is like a group that is like in the upper echelon of offensive lines in the american and and they just did not look the part at all they just could not protect him yeah the uh i remember now the game the game ceiling play so i think navy had scored and then no north texas had scored and they got the ball back because the navy was up by three and chandler rogers he drops back completely on like it was one of those like where you just you're looking to the left and the guy's mm-hmm. coming from the right and he just gets blasted, fumbles, Navy ends up scoring on the possession, and then they end up, you know, that was enough to put them up. So that was kind of the game changing play. And yeah, like you said, just like offensive line that should be last year looked pretty good. Mm-hmm. And this year just does not look the same at all. So Dude, this week is depressing. Oh my it's god. I didn't even realize it was this bad. <laughs> like, oh, buddy, it is it's getting it worse was, too. We're just getting started. We're just cooking. <laughs> We're just getting cooking. All right. Uh, let's see. Baylor, we talked about them already. Very depressing. Uh, UTSA, look. Uh, this there one looked go. depressing. This is this good. one looked depressing for a little bit. Um, hey, Temple Frank Star- Harris is back, though. Like, Frank, Frank Harris, Frank looks, Harris Frank looks, Harris looks amazing. Frank Harris looks underscore back back. Yes. Like, he was <laughs> yes, correct. Awesome in this game. He was running around. He had over 300 yards passing. He was able, like, I was worried because it looked like this game really. I think I'm trying to think. Did they have a turnover? I can't remember. But Temple came out and scored right away, basically. Um, and it was like, oh geez, is this just one of those? Is this this that year for UTSA where everything mm-hmm. just unravels? Um, but no, everything like Kavorian Barnes looked really good in the run game. Uh, the defense, the they defense gave, is is bad for UTSA. I'll say they, that they gave up a lot of points, but. They did force two turnovers, turnovers that UTSA was able to turn into a t- sure. two touchdowns afterwards. That's they fair. were they were opportunistic for sure. Uh, Temple also ran ninety four plays <laughs> for five hundred forty two yards. EJ right. Warner had four hundred seventy yards on sixty five passing attempts. Like that is actually like playing NCAA fourteen with like fifteen minute quarters back in the day. Like yeah. I don't know how they got that much volume. Yeah, I think we're gonna have to see. I mean, unfortunately, it's going to have to be with like 80% Frank Harris, pain tolerance, pain Frank Harris, but it looks like he's going to have to carry this team again this year because this defense just, it's, it's, I thought this defense would get its act together once it got an AAC play, and it does not look like that so far. I mean, um, they had one sack, and that's not a good offensive line for Temple. Like, right. that's an experienced offensive line. Now, and we we can go back to the Navy game or the Army game as well, right? It's just like they're just finding different ways to get beat, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they have, I mean, they have UAB coming up next week, which we'll see. If they can't stop UAB, then we really got issues because then they got FAU after that. <laughs> um, and then in a couple weeks, and next month, actually, they got a UNT, and we know one thing about UNT is they can put up points. So that game might be that's going to be a shootout. seventy-four to seventy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was going to say too. I was going to say this UTSA team reminds me kind of of what we've been saying about North Texas all year: is that the offense is going to put up points, the defense isn't going to stop anybody, so the offense is going to have to carry over for the defense, and it kind of feels like how this UTSA team is. Yep. All right, uh, let's move on. Houston bye week, uh, and then. Rice, I actually didn't see any of this game, but Rice, unfortunately, 38-31, lost to UConn. Um, God, Four turnovers bad. for Rice. Yeah. Brutal. They needed that game, too. Yeah. This, this could have been bad. like a... UConn's about really to say, we, bad. We, we really thought that this would be like the game that they can kind of like... Because they haven't, you know, they haven't had one of those games where they just kind of really stamp their foot down and just blow a team out and just like, boom, we're in control. And it looked like this team was going to be it. UConn's not good. They're not. And then they just, yeah. Yeah. They're, they're five coming in this game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we I'm, similarly, we're gonna, another another theme. Rice's defense hasn't been good this year either. You know, yeah. 
it's JT Daniels and everybody because they can't run the ball either. <laughs> well, it's yeah, JT that's Daniels thing. and the Luke McCaffrey show too. And the Luke yeah. McCaffrey show, yes. Yes, 100%. Bad. Yeah, there's a uh, – he had 100 yards receiving, uh, seven catches, two touchdowns. Again, like I, I'm not ready to write off Rice, but this was the one that they really needed. Um, not for their season, but just for their vibe because like the vibe is good, right? Good vibes going in there. You want that to keep rolling. Um, now you look at games like Tulsa. Which I think they should still be favored, but now it's not as much. Now it's more of a 50 50. Um, and is now this you look just at a game, team, like, is this yeah. just a team that's going to win all of the games that they're not supposed to, but then lose to all the teams that Maybe. they're not supposed to? <laughs> they're Maybe. Not supposed look, to. look, in two weeks, they got two lanes. Stay tuned. They're going to beat Tulane. <laughs> Stay tuned. They may, they may beat Tulane. They're going to get uh, wrecked by Braylon Braxton and then beat Tulane. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'll say, like, and honestly, they kind of have that makeup of a team where it's like, like today, like, like yesterday, they have turnovers. It's like, oh, this offense should be better than this. And, you know, they're not able to run the ball. So they can't really, like, really take control of the game physically. And then the next week, JT Nails is going to throw for 400 yards because the offense is going to be great. And it's just going to be like, oh, gee. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Rice fans, uh, hold on to your butts. All right. Uh, moving on in the power poll. Iowa State 27, TCU 14. Gross. The, the, uh, the narrative, the Kendall Browse narrative is 100% back. Yeah, Carter, we've talked about Texas's back not being a thing. The Kendall Bryles narrative is back. Mm-hmm. Um, look, the the thing that everybody who I don't say defended the hire because there wasn't a lot of people defending the hire. There were some, but not a lot. When you were when when everybody was saying, okay, sure, yes, he is. His last name is who he is, but you're sacrificing your moral your moral high ground. For the offense, right? And and for for example, Oklahoma yesterday, the son-in-law of Art Bryles runs that offense. He got into hot water earlier in the season. Brent Venables and Joe Castiglione locked him in a basement and said, don't tweet anything, just scheme an offense and shut up, right? And he did, and they look good now. Granted, CCU is not getting any benefit of hiring this guy. <laughs> They're not getting the benefit of of the media laying off you because you took, you know, you you brought on a lot of bad headlines by hiring him. And they're also not getting the, well, look at the offense. We can, you know, we can make it work. It's just all bad now for this team right now. Their last, like, uh, Jamie was tweeting out about it, but, like their drive chart of oh, like God, going yes, from last name. It looks like sickos. It actually looked like it a screenshot. It's it looked it looked like the Nebraska Illinois game from Friday night that everyone was going crazy about with just like punt int fumble loss punt 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 like it's it's nuts. And like, I think the problem and again, we can talk about offensive line as well, but to me. I get that they've had, they had, I think we overlooked a lot of issues that they did have in the off season, right? You lose everybody on offense. Um, but regardless, even of that, I think the development of the guys who they did bring in hasn't worked out. Um, just hasn't. And when you hire an offensive coordinator, who's not getting it done, it just highlights all those other factors. Right. And so I don't know. I, uh, to me, it just feels like TCU last year. Yes, yes, the development is kind of off, but it's like they found every way to win a game last year, and they find they're finding every way to lose a game this well, year. Also, I'll say this: I think at times Garrett Riley was able to scheme up stuff just to make stuff happen, right? Like mm-hmm. when, and again, they don't have a Quentin Johnson, so maybe this is maybe this is unfair, but I I, I don't know when they needed something to happen. End around Quentin Johnson coming around the you're right against against Michigan, right? Like anytime they needed something to happen in that game, you put Kendall Bros in that scenario right now. He doesn't it doesn't happen. It I just don't see it happening because there were so many creative ways last year that they were able to get the run game going and the passing game go passing game going. 
Max Duggan going just in general. Like he wasn't, again, Max Duggan wasn't the biggest arm. He wasn't the fastest guy, but they were able just to put him in scenarios to where he was able to make things happen in the read option game or whatever. And it looks like it's just so stop and start with this. And it doesn't help that they're the playmakers that they had last year aren't here, but I still think that they're good enough to be able to get things done. I thought, I thought he, the offense would be good enough, right. To get, to get it done. And now it doesn't look like it is like, it just doesn't look like it is. Or when we talk about like Stark getting too deep in his bag, like Kendall Bryles doesn't have a deep enough bag. Like the bag is, is very shallow. Yeah. Very very shallow yeah so i don't know man it's but like it's even okay the offense the offense was bad too but it's also like they oh, then, then and then i believe hoover came in the game as well I forgot i forgot about that i stopped yeah, watching chandler, chandler morris is hurt tbd yeah. how serious it is um four turnovers for tcu they had a blocked punt last week was two blocked field goals and that's just like they're not doing the, the little things right right now sure sure i mean yeah i mean again they had a horseshoe last year right so and I think like when when it's not going your way, you just you're looking at all the other things that are also happening, right? So, which is a shame because it looks like they're wasting a fantastic year from Amani Bailey, <laughs> who mm-hmm. is uh, had 150 yards on the ground, I believe. Let me see, what's he have for the season now? He's at almost 700 yards for the season on almost six yards of carry. They are, I don't know. It might be time, if, if, especially if Hoover has to come in for the rest of the year or or at least in the next week. Um, Give him 30 carries, man. I don't care. Like, that's, he's the best thing you got right now on this offense. Yeah. So. It's getting uh, it's getting to be nut-cutting time in Fort Worth. It really and is. find out a lot about this team in the next yep. coming weeks. Uh, I think they have BYU this weekend and then at Kansas State, at Texas Tech. Texas. That's a, mm, tough, it's stretch. a tough It's a tough stretch now for, for the boys in Waco. So they needed that West Virginia game and Iowa State game. They needed... This was the easy on-ramp into the Big 12 and yeah, they're 0-2. And... Yep. Or 1-2, exactly. sorry. 1-2. Wait. one in... No, they're 0-2, I thought. Houston, Houston. They, got, they beat Houston. Oh, Houston, Houston yeah. yes. yes yeah. My bad. It, was, it was the weird Houston and the skillet game and then got back to Big 12 play. This was like 2-1 bare minimum they needed. Yeah, no, 100%. All right. Uh, let's see. We talked about Texas Tech. Uh, SMU had a bye, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. And then, all right, last funeral. Texas State. Wow, oh, no. Louisiana no. 34, Texas State 30. Um, this oh, one's like genuinely, all the vibes were great for like <laughs> 70% of this game. Uh, TJ Finley was playing great. He finished with 334 yards on 30 completions. Ishmati went out for a little bit, but he came back. I think it was something with his hand. Um, came back, had over 100 yards rushing. He was, again, offense, no problems. This is going to be a team that, if it can't force a turnover, is not going to get a stop, is basically what I kind of figured. Uh, TJ Finley had one pick, which he later on, on Instagram kind of took the blame for the loss, which I don't think is fair. Um, Look, Zion Chris for Louisiana had 13 to 17 for 205 yards, three touchdowns, and almost 70 yards rushing. They were seven of 10 on third downs. They couldn't, Texas State couldn't get off the field at all. So, can I, can I say ahead. something though about, especially about TJ Finley taking the blame? It's so much easier as a quarterback to take the blame and be the leader when you know it's not your fault. Like, sure. TJ Finley knows it's not his fault, but he's like taking one from the team. It's like Zach Wilson versus the Chiefs when he's like, I lost this game, bro. It's right. Like, nope. Yeah. Zach, that was a career game. You know for you. Like, <laughs> right. But when That's Zach last year was like actually doing really bad, he's like, it's not my fault. Like, right, right. Doing bad, you know? Yeah. So that's my whole gripe with that. <laughs> right. That's just my take. Sure, sure. I get what you mean. Um, I mean, look, my, look, when you have over 300 yards passing, Mahdi had hundred over 180 yards rushing. He has, he's over 1,000 on all-purpose yards. Um, uh, get a stop. Get one stop, right? You're up, I believe, they were up 20 to 14 at the half. So, But the problem is they couldn't put just put them away. Every time the offense would score, the defense would give up points. And for Texas State fans listening, I I don't think this is necessarily a personnel issue. I really don't. If I'm going to say I, this is what happens, I think, because you look at Jonathan Packey, the defensive coordinator, where did he come from? Came from Miami under who? 
Manny Diaz. <laughs> oh, Manny this Diaz. is what ask Texas fans, ask Miami fans. The one thing you love about Manny Diaz is that he's going to get creative. He's going to blitz the hell out of teams. He's going to be aggressive. He's going to force turnovers, force big plays, things that can change a game. The thing you don't like about Manny Diaz is sometimes that's going to put you in situations to where there's a wide open guy because somebody didn't cover for him because the corner was blitzing or the linebackers are going to stunt to a blitz. And all of a sudden the middle of the field's open or the quarterback's going to take a step up. Oh, there's 10 yards of space in front of me. It's that's what, that's the trade-off in this defense, in my opinion. So I think this is just going to be what it has to be. And sure, there's going to be, there's going to be some shoring up on, 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 you know, weekly, week to week game plans and all that stuff. They're not going to play this bad every week. I don't think. Um, there's but just some everybody's kind of curse on this game. Like this is just a, this is a cursed game. I think for Texas yeah. state. No. And also that. there's no like, Oh, and 10 like that yeah. to me, that's like, that is a curse. Yeah. <laughs> like it's I extended- don't know how else to explain that. And it's 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 transitioning through regimes. It's like yeah. every, every regime can't do it. Fran Withers, Bavidal, now Kenny. Yeah. So it's cursed. Yeah. It's unfortunate. Um, but again, I people are asking what happened to the Baylor defense? Happened to, I was like, Baylor looks bad. Like that's why that's what happened to the, the defense that played against Baylor. They're not playing. And against also Baylor they before. gave up 31 points too. It's like it wasn't like <laughs> they say, like, yeah, shut it wasn't Baylor exactly out. like yeah, I was about to say they didn't exactly like dominate them. It was Again, they made plays. They had picks. They had fumble. Right? They had sacks. They were. They made life hell for Blake Shapin. That's what this defense does. They're not a defense that's going to go four, three and out. Boom! Get off the field. Offense is going to go down and score again. <laughs> Excuse me. They're just going to give up points, but they're going to get that. <clears throat> dang. It's just working. Riled up emotional. The fighting schmales. The, the many days poison tree branches are reaching to ish right now. <laughs> Louisiana just has a curse everywhere. It's the uh, curse, but no. yeah. <laughs> but no, that's what this defense is going to be. Um, I've made peace with it because, it, again, you just got to get a turnover. That's what you're playing for. So they have Monroe next week, which we'll see because this is Craven's next stop on his road tour, which oh, the home team no. is winless on so far. <laughs> That's insane. Oh my gosh. So, That's also Craven, a curse. Craven We're just cursed. For <laughs> we'll see. Cause ULM, not good. But we'll see. When the only wins post. right now are to Army and Lamar. And by the way, they only they only beat Lamar by 10. Lamar's so, bad, aren't they? This is a bad ULM team. Yeah, but Craven's stacking numbers right now. Craven's the nice. Craven's the the Grim Reaper meme right now, just knocking on doors of all the Texas yeah. schools. <laughs> it's funny Uh, yeah anyway quick uh by the way i am curious about lamar just because i'm i don't i forgot who's playing for them this year i was just curious to see who's on their team aren't they bad uh they're 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 three and three oh okay they're first in the southland right now okay oh yeah because they beat they beat houston christian and they beat northwestern state okay look at that actually that's pretty good for them um Sorry, so I was just Corey. curious because I realized I didn't realize I didn't I realized I didn't know anybody that played for them right now. So I was like, who's starting for Lamar right now? Their leading rusher is Kalen Griffith. Oh, former Rice running back. Rice from Tyler right now. Tyler Chapel Hill. Yeah, former Tyler Chapel Hill guy. Okay, cool. All right. Anyway, uh, that's off topic. But uh <laughs> uh yeah, that'll do it for us. AM and Texas round out the power pole. Um, they'll probably, I mean. Everybody lost, so everybody probably mostly stay where they are. Um, so I, th- I don't think anybody changed from really from last week. I think Baylor might have fallen, but that's about it. What do we got with two and 11 this week for the teams? No, because three of them had bye weeks. So oh. two and two, uh, one. Don't, make do don't make me do math. Two and six, um, right? There you go. Two and seven. <laughs> But see, does one of those two really count because they played against each other? So I don't know. Yeah, that's I don't that's know. Bad. I don't know. For us yeah. having to watch that game, it counts. It counts. <laughs> that's fine. That's fair. Well, to be fair, also to Tech, went on the road. There True. you go. Right. So I think the 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 drastic changes of winning of winning on the road definitely sways in their counts. favor. So uh, that'll do it for us. Hopefully, we'll have a better. I mean, we'll definitely have a better preview week just because it'll be more optimistic. But uh, hopefully, we'll have a better weekend next week uh, as we head into more of the thick of conference play. We're starting to figure out what. I mean, we're starting to know what these teams are. Not even figure out. We're just starting to know what all these teams are, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Texas fans, don't hang your heads. Just make sure that you can get get back to AT and T and have a rematch. So the Big Twelve looks like it stinks this year. <sighs> That'll do Baylor it for is us. Bad. Yeah, Baylor and Baylor is bad. That's the other big takeaway we have. Uh, that'll do for us this week. Uh, be sure to subscribe, textfootball.com, read all our stuff. Cravens 411 is up as well. Uh, I'm trying to think what else. Jimbo Fisher, give us a call. We'll give you some pointers on uh, when to punt and when to go for it. And unfortunately, our boys in red lost to the other boys in red, 24-13. Wait, who did they play? They played Wisconsin. Oh, yeah, wasn't great. They they had like a pick six on when there was a chance to like go up or something. So I saw that. Yeah. So unfortunately, Big ten bar, are, baby, nothing uh, like it. Was Rutgers was gonna save us from this massacre of a week, but even no, they lost no. too. They 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 had the stink. They had the stink too. Hey, uh, Rutgers Rutgers will get a win next week though. We'll be we'll be. I'm, good. Gonna, ta- I'm gonna take this as a win. I'm gonna take the Wisconsin win as a win because Tanner Mordecai is starting. So oh, that's right. Yeah, we <laughs> so can take it as a We need to borrow from somewhere. We need to borrow from somewhere. I'll latch onto Tanner Mordecai if I have to. <laughs> Tanner Mordecai cloud stealing. All right, <laughs> we'll take it. That'll do it for us. Join us Wednesday for the live show again, and thank you guys for joining in. 